0: I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listener. So I'm sitting on my favorite bench overlooking the vast Pacific. It's about five o'clock in the evening or late afternoon, the sky is an uninterrupted light blue. And I can see out to the horizon and the horizon's edge between the steely blue ocean that spreads before me, And the sky, as it becomes lighter blue and then kind of off-white to white at the edge of the horizon there, that edge is a sort of misty line. And it's not smoke, dear listener. It's seenest and I've learned to tell the difference between sea mist and smoke because sea mist has a certain translucency to it like this here, now, what I'm looking at before me it hovers in a kind of weightless way whereas smoke is much different from all the bushfires that we've had smoke hangs thick, heavy and usually has a kind of brownish tint to it. When you see that, you know that it's not good. But now seeing the sea mist before me and no sign of smoke to the north or south is really a beautiful and blessed thing. And I think part of the reason that's the case is because over the last four days we have had torrential rain. Rain that has been ongoing in bursts and, I mean, really sort of at times drizzly, but then working its way into heavy torrents. And everything, as a result, just looks like it's been refreshed. It's amazing because there are now so many insects. I was sitting out here yesterday and there were dragonflies just darting here and there. There were many different kinds of insects. And lizards and eastern sea Or eastern water, or water dragons, they're called. They're like lizard type creatures that are around here and they're protected. But everybody came out. (laughs) Everybody came out to celebrate and enjoy the fact that the whole place had been drenched. Really drenched. And much needed, you know, water had fallen four days in a row here and in other places around Australia, apparently, so it's quite a beautiful thing. And I think I'm just going to get out of the wind a little bit. I was just enjoying a wonderful bit of steamed pumpkin, carrot, cauliflower. I discovered that there's a new place that just opened, and uh, they sell very simple food like that, which I really love, you know, it's really, it's healthy and it's really good. I'm just getting out of the wind now. So um, this podcast is going to be a kind of prelude to something that I'm in the process of creating that I think if I'm right and have the correct sense of what I'm putting together is going to be quite different to my other podcasts in the sense that I'm going to be drawing from the energy of this land in real time and interweaving what comes from that into the podcast that I create. So this is a prelude, though, to that a little sort of intro. I'm not quite sure how long it's going to take me to create that podcast, but I thought that I would share something that um, strikes me as I've been spending more time in this particular spot which is a very unusual spot to your listener. This is a very, very unusual spot, this location, this area here. Why is that? Well, it, it's an interesting land formation, quite an unusual land formation. There's a sort of spit of land that comes around and forms a tiny little cove, beach, which is where people swim and I like to swim. And that little sort of cove that's formed by this land that arcs around, it's not very big what I'm talking about, is the only west-facing beach in the entire, say, 2,500-mile stretch of eastern coastline here in australia it's the only western facing beach in the entire stretch of eastern coastline so you can kind of imagine that perhaps in your mind and this beach is really beloved by a lot of people for that reason it gets the Late afternoon and evening sun, and is a beautiful place to swim, protected. And this bit of land that is is kind of a a hill. It's sort of this kind of hill, self-contained, that um, that makes up. The heart of this little land formation is really powerful. It's very unusual. And where I sit on that on the bench here, I've walked a little ways away to get away from the wind, but where I sit on the bench overlooking the Pacific and where I make most of these podcasts, many of them, That bench is halfway between the hill, the little promontory or hill, I guess hill that I just described to you, and a sheer cliff to the south. So my bench is halfway between that little hill, and the sheer cliff, I'm looking at it now, it comes down direct sandstone rock in layers people love to go up there and look it's an extraordinary vista and it drops right down into the sea so the two the feeling respectively of these two land features this little hill that I was talking about and this cliff that comes down are very distinctive and very much in Contra-distinction or contraposition, both, I think. And contrast to each other. The hill is like this beautiful, receptive presence. It's easy to walk around it. It seems to feel like it's sheltering what lives there. You can walk up and down and down to the water you know the cliff on the other hand is precipitous and it is a striking presence here jutting out you know <laughs> i just thought for a minute of Mount Rushmore with those stone carved profiles of U.S. presidents in the United States you know um, because there's a feeling that, that this cliff here has almost like its profile is almost um, human, it feels that it has a certain human feature to it but as I've been spending more time here and thinking about this podcast that I'm going to make which is drawing directly from these two land features I've been pulled back to a memory and a place, the place where I grew up, the specific place where I grew up, my childhood home, and the land that surrounded my childhood home, because that place, likewise, had an incredible sense of, I felt so connected to it to the trees, to the grass, to the shrubs and the flowers and plants, the flowering plants that grew there. And that place really remains with me in a way that is, I think, indelible. It's very, very, very deep in my being. So I'd like to share something kind of a little bit mystical, a little bit interesting with you, because I don't really... How can I say this? Some people will say that there there are no such thing as coincidences. Well, I've ended up here, I think, in this particular spot at the outer edge of Sydney, Australia, where this These land features are... I think I've ended up here for a reason. You can hear the kookaburras. Those are kookaburras, most famous Australian bird. The laughing kookaburra. You can hear that. (laughs) It's a great sound. Um, When, When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time in our garden walking and being amidst the trees and the shrubs and the grass and the flowers. And as I grew into sort of a young teen or tween, as they call them now, I guess, I started photographing those beautiful, natural, living things. And I felt that they were as close to me as if if they were people. (laughs) They were as meaningful to me as humans were. And in some sense, I think, I hate to say this, but I think it's true, maybe more so, because things were very, very, very tough. But I always found solace in the natural world around me and i wasn't aware as consciously as i am now of the nuances and feelings of being in nature but i always had this feeling of deep abiding connection to the natural world and it was always a balm and at comfort and the place that I grew up had beautiful trees It had a huge oak that shaded the house there was a expansive maple tree in the backyard I'd look out at that maple when I was sitting playing the piano in the late afternoon or early evening and I could open the window and that maple would be swaying in the breeze there was a line of poplars that my dad planted when my parents bought that house in 1960. And they grew quite readily, becoming tall and arcing towards the sky. There was a dogwood in the front yard, a flowering dogwood that would be adorned with pink you know, blossoms, flowers in the springtime and two majestic pine trees near the front door of the house. There was a forsythia shrub in the backyard that had this little place I could go and hide in as a little girl. I loved it because the sprigs, the branches would arc over and form like this little cavern where I could hide. And there were lilies of the valley carpeting one area of our backyard and I was always amazed at how sweet they smelled. The oak perhaps was the most meaningful tree to me of all because it was as if the house and that oak tree were in the most glorious and beautiful duet with each other. That oak tree would have been present when the house was built and it was like the house was built around it to be with it and that's what they did back in those days dear listener you see when people built houses especially if the place was done with a kind of care and attention the natural world was a living breathing integral part the home and that's what it was where I grew up that's what it was our house was just a wonderful place it was Tudor style with leaded glass windows and a tiny little sort of Juliet porch in the front and uh, gabled roofs oak You know, oak floors and oak doors and external and internal. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful place. And it sheltered me in ways that I'm now, you know, I started to become much more aware of later in life. I didn't realize how nurtured and sheltered and protected I was by that place. But I have to tell you, dear listener, that as things began to truly unravel in my life, starting about four years ago, and everything became upended, and I was cast really into a state of flux, stress. Uncertainty, anxiety, you know, I mean all sorts of things. Hardship of many levels, many dimensions. I would be making trips into New York City. I lived in western Massachusetts, also a beautiful place. And I'd be coming and going from there into New York driving my car to visit my beloved godmother whom I've spoken about in some of these podcasts Flora whom I wrote my memoir about and three and a bit years ago on one of those trips I had a very strong sense that I needed to get off the highway which was called the Sawmill River Parkway and travel into the area, the village, the place, the streets, where I grew up, it was a very strong feeling. And so it was a November afternoon, which was still, still felt like fall, it wasn't too cold, but the leaves had already turned, some were still a little bit green, but others not. and. There was a bit of a chill in the air, but not too much. And I got off the highway, and I drove into Dobbs Ferry, the village in which I grew up. And I made my way along the streets, down in the village a little bit. But then I started to drive up into an area called Riverview Manor, an enclave of homes, one of which was my childhood home, that was an eclectic sort of mixture of houses and architectures, architectural styles and but all very familiar. Hilly, Many of those houses overlooked the Hudson as ours did. A blessed, a blessed thing. The Hudson River, at that point, the Hudson River is maybe, I don't know, I'm not very good at distances by sight, but a mile wide, a mile and a half wide. It's big. It's a vast, magnificent river. And it starts up in the Adirondack Mountains in a lake. Cold lake tier of the clouds, beautiful. It starts as just drops of rain into this lake. the drain down, down, down the those inclines. Ultimately, you know, as it goes, making its way, growing moving, traveling, forming, ultimately what would become the Hudson River, what becomes the Hudson River, you know, all the way down to New York City and then out to sea. The world is an amazing thing, dear listener. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. In awe, to be in awe of this grand place, this grand earth, this creation it's extraordinary so our house some of the rooms overlooked you could see the Hudson from our house and all those beautiful trees and natural growing things that surrounded it so on this November day in 2016 I hadn't yet moved here to Australia. It would be another 10 months before I'd arrive here on these shores. And at that point, I was intending to come, but I didn't know, you know, how things would unfold and how I would really free myself, become free and make it here. But anyway, I drove up the hills to where I where I grew up, the house, and I pulled the car up on a street that was just down the hill a little bit, you know, I didn't drive all the way up to my house, it's on a steep hill and it would be kind of difficult to park, so I found a place that was a little bit away, maybe just half a block away, one house away, down where it's flat. And dear listener, what I'm going to describe to you is one of the most mystical, moving, profoundly and personal inexplicable experiences that I've ever had. Because when I got out of the car, and it had been a long time, mind you, since I'd been to the place that was my house. It had been years, maybe even like 15 or 16 years since my mom had lived there and then sold it. She sold it and moved. So it'd been a, been a while. But when I got out of the car Shut the door and looked up towards the place that you know was my childhood home, the property, the trees, the garden. Something happened that I had no prior experience of or expectation of. I had a feeling sense of the spirits there were multitudinous spirits and i don't know really dear listener how to describe this but when you feel the spirit world it's almost impossible to put words to this but there's there was such an incredible sense of presence. And all of that presence, multitudinous, were saying to me, they were communicating to me, this joy. They were saying to me, we are so happy you're here again. We're so happy. We're so happy to see you. We're so happy to see you. It was so powerful, I broke down in tears standing there by my car, looking up towards the property that had been my childhood home, feeling a sense of no time having passed, but of these spirits having been there when I was growing up. And there they were, like no time passed like no time had passed and yet what they communicated to me was how happy they were to see me and I thought to myself this is why that place buoyed and sheltered and protected me for all those years when I was growing up and living there from the time I was one when we moved there as I became a young child and then a little bit older and then into my teens you know it was a good 18 years and the presence of those spirits came back to me when I drove there on that November day I realized what had buoyed me that whole time so as those months unfolded from 2016 November you know and things began to untie in a good way and I became freer and freer finally It took a long time. It took a lot of heartache. Unbelievable uncertainty and great amount of stress. I mean, I can't even tell you, dear listener, chronic, ongoing, chronic, sometimes acute stress, uncertainty, anxiety. I would go and visit Dobbs there, you see, when I had the chance. And those spirits would come to me. And as I was getting closer... Okay, to finally packing my bags and coming, moving here to Australia. I made a last trip to Dobbs. I made a last trip to Dobbs, to that place. And I stood there looking up towards the property that had been my childhood home. And those hands, it was as if there were hands extended out towards me because I said in my heart to the feeling of these spirits, this these presences there. I can't I don't know what word to use, honestly, dear listener. I don't know what word to use. But this feeling of these multitudinous beings, you know, these these presences. I said in my heart, I expressed with my heart that I was going and that I was torn because my feeling of being there again in Dobbs Ferry at this place, this beautiful home that had been my childhood home, was like the closest thing to homecoming that I'd known that I knew. And as I was expressing that with my heart, to the feeling of these presences, you know, the image that came to me, the sort of liminal imago image, right? The the liminal feeling. It's something you see almost in your mind's eye, and yet you know that you're perceiving something, but it's ineffable. It's un- you know, you can't touch it in the usual way. It's not material in the usual way, right? But you feel it. You know, this deep knowing. You know, there's a word for this. It's, it's one word for this is is gnosis. Gnosis. G n o s i s. It's like an intuitive, instinctive knowing, direct knowing. That's the kind of feeling. The, try, trying what I'm trying to communicate to you here, and what I sensed, what I saw in my mind's eye was these hands out. You know, extending out to me, saying with this message, these hands, all these hands, these fingers, these hands, beautiful hands, extending out to me, saying, like, feeling like giving me, like I was being given. We're giving you, me. We're giving you, they were saying, we're giving you to this place here now, where I'm standing. 11,000 miles away, we're giving you. They were saying to me, Here, we give you to this place here. This place here. This place that I described a few minutes ago, right where I'm standing, overlooking the ocean, looking out to sea, looking out to the east. 11,000 miles from Dobbs Ferry, New York. This special place here. And as I've been spending more time here, dear listener, this is what's incredible to me, you see, because now I'm reflecting back to the experiences that I've just described to you, you see, and there is some uncanny sense that this place is in a, in a, I don't know how to say it, an energetic in in a way that is deeply meaningful, real and true, and non-local, you see, so this is the uncanny part of it, is that the time, the distance, the, the distance of, you know, that distance of miles actually does not exist. I sometimes wonder if this is what the Aboriginal, you know, the Aboriginal people here, the first first peoples of this country mean when they talk about the dream time, when they talk about the places here. Because they can relate to place in a way that's very, very special. And I feel I want to, I actually want to learn a lot more about that. I can tell you that standing here now and having been spending a lot of time here feeling the energy of this cliff that I described to you that goes sheer down and to the water and this beautiful hill that arcs around and forms this incredible little beach, the only west-facing beach, in the entire 2,500-mile, at least, eastern coastline of this island continent, this little beach here, that this place is where those spirits were delivering me to. And I feel them as I'm walking here, as I'm feeling this incredible location and the meanings, as the meaning of this place is unfolding for me, because I've been spending a lot of time in meditation and contemplation and just meditative awareness of this of this area, it's like something is dropping, you know, like a plumb line in my own being, and that place is connected, non-locally, to where I grew up. So, it's hard to describe these things to listener, but I feel very moved to experience this, that the spirit beings of the land infuse us they infuse us and when we stop and begin to allow the sense of where we are to permeate our cells and psyche then all manner of revelations come upon us come to us and as I was in meditation here I was feeling Dobbs Ferry, I was feeling my home place like it was alive in my cells and is alive in my cells in a way that just was so deeply moving. It's almost like what I'm describing to you is a doorway and I just feel like I've started to kind of step through that door and what's on the other side of that, you know, through this door, I don't even necessarily know yet. I, I'm beginning to discover it and that's what my podcasts about this area are going to be, are going to come from in ways that are new using sound and voice and things that are coming through me as I'm feeling this land. But those spirits back there in Dobbs Ferry, the place that grew and raised me, they gave me to this place now. And so, in opening myself, what's here. In an uncanny way, I feel my roots, my home, even more distinctly and alive inside of me, in me. With that, dear listener, I bid you adieu and thanks so much for listening. I hope this finds you well wherever you are, and take good care of yourself. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Bye.